Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of your favorite niche tennis queens podcast, the Breakpoint Podcast. <laughs> yeah, I knew that intro would go down well. Yeah, that that that's good stuff. It is extremely niche, by the way. It's extremely niche. Yeah, but you know, in order to be a successful product, you got to be niche. So we fit. Uh, anyway, so a little bit more of a serious topic. I think this is one that we've been wanting to do for a few weeks now, but wanted to wait until there were a few more developments. But it seems like nothing's going to happen for the next month and a half, two months, basically. And that is the Peng Shui, Peng Shua situation that I think we are both very upset about <laughs> and both pretty pissed off about. But we are happy in many ways with the response of the tennis community, which I think has been very unanimous, very strong, and much more actions actionable, let's say, than other major professional pro sports. National Basketball Association. <coughs> yeah, I, I, I think uh, in many ways, tennis is the sport of social progress. Always has been. There's a very long history of it. Um, and this situation is basically a perfect example of that happening. So, you know, I think the Peng Shui situation is just a, a culmination of a lot of years of of china having a conspicuous relationship with tennis let's say frank can you do our our listeners a, a favor who maybe don't know that much about the peng shui situation can you give a brief background on, on what exactly happened yes yeah, so for those of you who are not familiar with peng shui she is a very very good doubles player she was formerly number one in the world has won grand slams uh it's fall, you know fell off a little bit she's a little older now but you know by all means, is a well-known tennis player, probably the second most successful Chinese tennis player to Li Na. But a few weeks ago, month or month and change ago, uh, Peng Shui from her Weibo account, which is China's equivalent of Twitter, tweeted out that the Premier of Sport, which is like the equivalent of being the Sport Minister in European countries, and we don't really have an equivalent in the United States. Yeah, that shows you the state of uh, American sports internationally. That's that's an entirely separate topic. But yeah, so the vice premier of sport in China had sexually um, abused Peng Shui. And within 20 minutes of her posting that, the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, uh, completely censored it, took all of that down, took add down any quote-unquote tweet relating to that throughout China's, you know, intraweb because it's not open to the rest of the world. And yeah, we basically just didn't hear from Peng Shua for weeks. Uh, and that's why you may have seen that viral hashtag of where is Peng Shui, Shua. Um, you know, it's uh, it was a really bad situation, still is a bad situation. And the WTA and many players, including Serena Williams, Naomi Osaka, Novak Djokovic, all came out and really were pressing and saying, you know, where, where's Peng? We want to hear from her and everything. And uh, there was a very obviously staged photo of Peng at dinner with, like, I don't know who from the CCP, you know, seeming like she's having a grand old time. But in reality, 
was very clear that something was up. And the head of the WTA demanded, like, we want to video chat her something, anything. And uh, instead, the uh, Chinese Communist Party released, uh, you know, more pictures. They even sent a video of her, you know, doing blah, blah, blah. And the head of the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, uh, did have a Skype call with Pang, I think two now, uh, where they supposedly agreed to have dinner in Beijing in two months, three months, which is the other reason that this has become a big deal, right? Because Beijing is set to host the Winter Olympics, which are occurring in January, February of 2022. So which has already come under scrutiny for, you know, everything else bad that occurs in China. But, yeah, so it's a bit of a mess going on. Uh, we are still pretty much in the clouds as to where Peng Shui is, if she's safe, how she's doing. But the response from the WTA has been pretty unilateral. Uh, all events in China have been canceled by the WTA, which I think... 100% respect to them. Uh, I think every tennis fan is a million percent behind them, and I want to see the ATP also cancel events. Uh, I think this should just be a uniform rejection of China as a market if this is the way that they're going to treat their athletes. And tennis has a real opportunity to have a seminal moment in history and say, we are not going to be bought by, you know, X amount of dollars because you do not treat athletes the way that they should be treated. And tennis is very unique in that it is an, it is an international game with players of diverse backgrounds from all over the world. And I think that this sets the message and the tone that, yes, we come from diverse backgrounds. Yes, we come from all over the world. But there is a minimum ethical standard that we all must abide by. And... That's why I think this is such a big deal. I think that's why everybody should be aware of it is because this is just a drop in the bucket. There have been people like Colt Tennis, who we will link um, on the on the Instagram and, and in the podcast description for this, who have done fantastic work about the state of you know Chinese sports in general, but specifically related to tennis. This isn't the first time this has happened with tennis either. Uh, Li Na, who I mentioned before, went on a break for 18 months from 2002 to 2004 because of pressure that was coming from the Chinese uh, sports, you know, uh, premiership because she wanted to focus on school and outside interest and not just completely focus on tennis. You know, thankfully, you know, Li Na figured it out and went on to have a very successful tennis career and she is by far the most successful Chinese tennis player and arguably East Asian tennis player of all time at this point. Well, Naomi Osaka actually has taken that crown at this point, but, uh, you know, so this is not the first time that this sort of meddling has happened, uh, you know, with pressure on athletes specifically, but, uh, this is maybe all of this coming to a head. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a really unfortunate situation, and it's kind of not the best way to kind of publicize the game, um, and especially kind of how, you know, 
basically how China relations are with with the rest of the globe. It, it's not really a good look for anybody, and the Chinese kind of just keep making themselves look worse here. Um, the only problem is that the Chinese government has so much control over their people that the people within their own country have no idea what this is all about. They think that everything's, you know, toodaloo. Yeah, according to a ProPublica article that I was reading in a New York Times one, the Chinese government created like 797,000 fake accounts and has been basically like spreading fake information, fake news that, oh, the Peng Shui thing is overblown. She just wants to live her life and not be a Western symbol and blah, 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 blah. And you can tell that they're fake Chinese bots because they're active during Chinese business hours despite having Western names, which obviously does not make any sense. So, I mean, this is just a joke is what it is. This is just an absolute joke. Yeah, and... You know, and I, and again, I'm I'm actually really glad that the WTA stepped up because it was also about I'm going to say around thirty. I believe I read an article. It's around thirty five percent of their annual revenue from their tournaments in China. It's over a um, billion dollars. Yeah, it's it's a significant amount of money. So for them to do this, that means they're taking a legitimate stand. Um, unlike other professional leagues, like we mentioned before, the NBA, where not only did it cause kind of relationship issues with China, it also caused relationship issues within the United States. You had, you know, LeBron James going out telling people, hey, you know, don't tweet about China, the stay out of it type thing. It's like, well, LeBron, you know, this is serious. Like, you got to educate yourself on on what's going on here. And it's kind of disappointing to see how that kind of turned out. And I think also that it should be noted that the WTA is significantly more progressive and not caring i'm not going to say not caring about their bottom line but will willing more willing to sacrifice their bottom line than the atp in the years past the atp has basically turned a blind eye to for example andre agassi uh taking meth um i mean let's be i know and the relevancies but i'm serious the relevancy think about it back in the day they said okay we cannot have a story where andre agassi is you know caught taking meth and our bottom line is going to be hurt same thing recently with alexander sferov had abuse allegations for over a year that also directly involved ATP officials, and we will be doing a podcast on that. We're just waiting for the investigation to be concluded before we do that. But that was not addressed by the ATP directly for more than over a year about that investigation because why? They're worried about their bottom line instead of standing up for what is right. In this case, Peng Shui is clear. It's funny that you mentioned that. No no one, after a few days, everyone was kind of like, wait a second, we haven't heard from her. Um, the first person who actually tweeted, I think, believe was Naomi Osaka saying, we haven't heard from Peng Shui on any social media accounts and not, you know, maybe even texting her and stuff. Maybe her communication lines were cut down. And then I saw some, some bogus photos of her in Beijing at some tennis camp and she's smiling in the corner, like far off. I'm like, God, this is so staged. It's so sick. I think that more sports leagues like the WTA need to do something about this. I think the U.S. is actually uh, kind of going in the right direction with not sending any diplomats there for the 2022 Winter Olympics. Um, if they wanted to go to a more extreme measure, they could pull out all their athletes. I don't know what kind of relationship that would cause. That's, you know, not really sure how that would turn out. But 
I think I think the U.S. is starting to kind of take this in the right direction. I think they actually could be tougher. Um, and I think the Western world could be a lot tougher on, on China and these issues. And, you know, I really wish Peng Shui the best. Um, it, it's sad that she's going to be known for this and not her accomplishments as a professional tennis player. Um, yeah, it's just kind of a sad situation overall. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. I think last year we had the demonstrations in Hong Kong, and that's what you were talking about with the NBA, where, you know, Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Houston Rockets, basically came out and said, good for you guys, fight for democracy, fight for, you know, all that. And it caused a massive blow up. And, you know, yeah, God Im- forbid. Im- like, imagine saying, yeah, go democracy and, like, getting slack from, you know, prof- like, Americans. It, it, it's, it's absurd. I mean, the amount of money that is tied up with China, and I get it's business, but also, you know, we're talking about human lives here. It, it, it's so, it's so ridiculous to me to have a, an athlete like LeBron James specifically, uh basically stay silent on China and all the problems that go on there, which, you know, I mean, just off the top of my head, they have literal concentration camps for Muslims, the Uyghur Muslims in Tibet. So that apparently just doesn't matter to anyone, right? Who cares? Uh, But, you know, LeBron doesn't want to get involved with that because that's political. Don't want to touch that because Nike probably tells him, zip your mouth and, you know, whatever. But when it fits your agenda and talking about, you know, racial justice issues in the United States, all of a sudden you are the flag bearer of this social cause, which is fine. And you have every right to do that. And I support that, you know, use your platform, go for it. My issue becomes when you are not doing it because of your bottom line and that's what's wrong with with this china stuff is if i were an athlete if i had this platform i would be absolutely railing against this country right and we've seen enos Cantor on the nba side he's one that's done it and i think that's why so many people respect him uh and we i have yet to see really any other american athlete step up and say this is wrong and you know i give a lot of credit to serena williams who is a nike athlete and did speak up about peng shui immediately after uh naomi osaka pointed it out um and listen i give novak djokovic a lot of credit too he was the first one on the men's side to really press the issue and i think that this is really why novak and vashak pospisil wanted to start a players union is because the atp has really lost its way from being this founded by the players you know we all know the cliff drysdale origins etc etc to now being a corporation and that's why novak and vashak wanted to change change that dynamic a little bit you know like marcus alluded to the wta is has always been the flag bearer of social progress it was the first women's league to get equal pay uh in comparison to their male counterparts uh it's the 
you know, was the first women's real professional league that got that sort of status. Yeah, and it was also founded by, you know, Billie Jean King, who was the first, you know, LGBTQ um, kind of superstar and who was very open about it and uh, created this league so that women could actually, you know, play professionally. Um, and it's come a long way since, and it kind of shows those those characteristics and those traits from Billie Jean has been obviously passed on through. Um, you know, I, Frank, I'm I'm curious about two things. One, what does the future look like for Peng Shui? Um, how does her, is she going to be on tour anytime soon? Are we going to hear from her? Is she going to be ordered, and, you know, let's say she plays in the States or in Australia, you know, because reporters are going to be asking questions. Um what are the responses going to be? Are she going to speak out and kind of really go against her, her party line? Or is she going to, you know, fall in line and, you know, because maybe because of some threats? I'm not sure what's really going to happen to Peng Shui. And two, I'm really curious as to what the ATP is going to do. They got a lot of high dollar tournaments there. Two off the top of my head is the Beijing 500 and the Shanghai Masters. Um, those are some pretty big events. I'm, they also got challenges all over the place. So tennis is, you know, popular there, and I'm, I'm very curious to see what they're gonna do. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's a lot of dollars on the line, right? The most viewed women's match in history was Lena at the French Open final in 2013, 2012, when she played Francesca Schiavone and won that major. That was viewed by 340 million people in China alone. So we're talking about a huge amount of viewership that could potentially be, you know, just given up, right? So, listen, there comes a point where you need to make a moral stand, where you need to make an ethical stand and have your lines and your boundaries, and and this is it, right? And this is the moment where we're going to find out whether the ATP actually stands for what it originally stood for. Um, as to whether it will, I don't know. I think because the ATP has, uh, I think because the WTA has done it, there's a higher likelihood of it happening. And I also think that it really helps that the number one tennis player in the world also feels that way and is pretty good about being on the forefront but after a pandemic year and half a pandemic year with 2021 can they afford to turn down the money i don't know yeah um and and you know the kind of the the issue that becomes is if the atp cuts out these tournaments in china kind of like the wta does not only are you cutting out your own bottom line, now you're cutting out all your quote unquote. I will not. Well, I'm going to say employees for this specific purpose, even though they're not technically employees. Um, but these players are basically going to be like, look, you know, I mean, this sucks with Peng Shui and everything, but we also need to play tennis and, and make money because this is our job. Um, and if we're not to be able to play this kind of China swing uh, in, in October. In November and play these challenges. What what does that really mean for us? How are you going to supplement that? So it's a very delicate situation, unfortunately. Um, big businesses tend to kind of turn 
you know, kind of turn a blind eye, just kind of say, oh, well, you know, let it smooth over. Kind of like the ATP has kind of done with the Sphere of allegations. Finally, after a year, they've addressed it. We didn't even, again, we're not accusing Sphere of or anything. We just said, you just need to address it. Like, just investigate and address it. That's all we're asking for. It's the same thing here. Um, the, the, again, the WTA has done a great job, and I think the ATP should probably follow suit, especially considering how close these tours actually do work together. Um, and there has been chatter of them actually doing a combined tour, which I don't think actually would be a bad idea. Um, but it depends on the details of how they hash that out. But yeah, that, that those are my thoughts. Yeah. Um, I think this is just emblematic of a lot of the issues that the ATP has to begin with. And like I said, it's the structural things that Novak and Vashek pointed out. So, let's see. Uh, I think that's going to do it. I think we wanted to make this a little bit of a quicker episode. Um, obviously, we hope that Peng Shui is safe and we're able to hear from her soon. Hopefully, we see her in Australia and she's okay. And uh, hopefully, the ATP makes a stand and does the right thing. Right? right? I think that's what we all want. So, so that's going to do it from us. Thanks for listening. As always, if you have any information for us, uh, if you have anything that you want to comment on, let us know. DM us at Breakpoint Podcast 7 on Instagram. And that's all. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll see you next time. Take it easy.